Hello there, everyone. Welcome back to True Cult Pop. It's a pop music podcast with me, Stephen Hill. Hope you're right. This is episode number 47. That's right, isn't it? Pass. Could be. It is. Could be. I've double-checked it because I know what a... What a fucking stickler you are for the rules, Gaz. Oh, chill out, mate. I'm not James from Britpop <laughs> Memories. It's all good. <laughs> I, I, mate, mate, I just let things slide because, okay. you, know, you know what? It, nah, it's hey, fine. Life's too short to be numerically correct about everything, isn't it? Yeah, I completely agree about that with that fucking hell. Yeah, we're, we're, we're both in our late 30s, so <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah. Hey, Ben, mate, you're right. It's Gaz Jones, by the way, everyone. Say hello to Gaz. Back once nice again. One. Back once with, again. Yeah? Like, a, like a, a, a master who's renegading or something. DJ Gazzy J on the wheels of steel. Something like that. Uh, yeah, it's the same. I'm DJing this uh, this Saturday, actually. So, oh, mate, can't make it. Can't make it. I'll be watching live Heady Watch. Oh, plenty I, of notes. I, please do. Please do. I want, I, want vi- I, want, I want live Heady Watch videos. Can you post? Oh, mate, po- you'll, you'll get them. You know, do them on the, uh, on the, on the True Cult Pop um, channels. Because uh, I think that people I, are crying out that for That I can't shit. do. Oh, really? That I can't oh, do because shame. I am going to do videos for louder. That's how I'm getting in. Uh, so I'll tell you all about it next yeah. week, but it will yeah. be you'll have to listen to my voice. And if you want to hear it, get on the louder. Yeah, you guessed it. TikTok page. That's where it's going to be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on the TikTok. I'm getting on the yeah. TikTok. I thought about you because me and you were talking about. Well, I say me and you. I mentioned it to you, and you were like, "Oh, I went on TikTok for a bit," and I was like, "Oh no." Mm. I did think maybe we should do TikTok. I thought about doing TikTok because I've got like I've got a few people I know who are on it, and they're just like, "It's all right. You don't have to be that young. It's not like it's just for the really, really little kids. You can decide to do mature content if you want. When I say mature content, I'm not talking about like readers' wives or anything like that. I mean, you know, wow, <laughs> pure vinyl content. That's what I'm saying. Pure vinyl yeah, content. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I like yeah. that. Mm. So I don't know. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, probably not. Maybe, maybe it's the future. I don't know. They said Threads was the future, but mm, I'm quite so sure like about the present. That. I mean, I think that TikTok was the future, and it's probably now the present. I would say, because mm. it's doing all right, isn't it? To be fair to it, it's doing all right. Yeah, appar- yeah, apparently so. So my son tells me a lot mm. of the time. Uh, well, I mean, you're probably delighted you tuned in for this. I'm sure. Oh no. Uh, this week on the show, though, let's talk about what we are going to talk about. Let's do it. We're going to be talking about new music from Genesis of Wusu, The Excerpts, No Name, and Fiddlehead. Big live reviews from Urn, The Weekend, and Clippin' and Conjurer, all on the same show. Plus, if you would like to sign up to, I say plus, go and sign up for our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash truecultpop, and you can sign up for exclusive content we put up over there, including a Patreon special you'll be getting as suggested by one of our listeners tomorrow if you're listening to the podcast that comes out on pelagial by the ocean the german prog metalers and their 2013 concept album of course it's a concept album of course it is <laughs> uh we'll be talking about that a little bit different from aqua although actually kind of not that different from aqua isn't it it's aqua and the ocean yeah yeah see what they did there there's a theme running. There's a theme running here. See what I definitely did oh. there. That was definitely what I did. I didn't just realise that, as I said it a minute ago. Definitely not. I, I, I very carefully <laughs> curated, very carefully curated. Really, 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, don't oh, stitch me up. Oh, sorry, mate. I'll buy it. You know it's I'll not. You know, you know full fucking well it's not. And I thought you'd go like at least give the give the illusion of some sort of professionalism on this podcast. Have a not word, a professional podcast. Have a word. Have a word. Um, I'll tell you what. We've already put out. If you sign up for our five pound tier, you get two podcasts a month. We've just put out uh, me and Gaz and Merlin Alderslade, formerly editor of Metal Hammer. Now, um, what well, I don't know what your fucking name is it. Is it louder now? We've basically doing something just a bit different. Anyway, we talked about Killswitch Engage for about an hour and a half, giving you a beginner's guide to Killswitch Engage. It was lovely. I spent the week listening to Killswitch Engage. I think I might have dislocated my shoulder for a second, what, swinging my fists around. What by listening to Killswitch in your house? To go in, absolution, <laughs> and then like pointing my finger really hard. Yeah, you you have to do a lot of pointing when you're listening to Killswitch. I find myself doing it frequently. But then, yeah. I, and then I kind of have to have a word with myself. And I'm like, oh, you're going to pull something. Some, yeah, some, someone's going to pop out of its sockets. A lot of, lot of aggressive pointing. A <laughs> lot of pulling things down from the sky with your claw. Yeah. Lots of like head movements. Yeah. Great band though. Oh, I mean, despite yeah. what I've just <laughs> <laughs> described there. You've, so, you've really sold band. them to... Uh... Yeah, uh, if you like pulling things down from the sky yeah. with an imaginary claw and, he, and the imaginary things, who doesn't? You'll love this band. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? doesn't? I find myself the people I'm going to at Reading with this yeah. weekend. Well, yeah, yeah, bless them. Get into that. To, get into that Adapt movie. to survive. Exactly. Three magic exactly. words. Three magic words. Mm-hmm. Andy Copping. Three magic words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on, Copping. Come on. We want you to book Central C and Dave to headline download yeah. next year. Yeah, fuck yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, I genuinely would take that over Slipknot at this point, I think. Yeah. yeah, I really would. Even if they weren't playing music, just them sort of coming out and going, we don't know why we're here. Yeah. You'd have that over just another slip. Another sl- anyway, yeah. I feel like I'm very ungrateful because I'm sure there are young people who um, have never seen Slipknot. Anyway, don't know what it's got to do with Kill Switch Engage. Not a lot. Basically, it was a good time. It was, we had a lovely time talking about them. Great. Really nice. Great. It was great. Balance. It was wonderful to kind of just go, kind of go back and and almost like rediscover them again because it's been a, it's been a while. It's been a hot minute mm. since I've listened to any Kill Switch really, and this was uh, this was yeah I, I had the best time going through that yeah. back catalogue I really really did well this I actually did plan because I knew like we said in the special just saw it at Bloodstock and I knew that was coming around so I was like let's try and mm. sync those things up so I'd been on a big old kill switch I mean imagine if they'd been crap at Bloodstock and I've had to go oh they weren't that good at Bloodstock but luckily they they were fucking brilliant so it was good anyway you can go over sign up patreon.com forward slash true cult pop I'm gonna take the mood down a little bit slightly when we talk about our earworms our songs of the week uh, and what we've been listening to, because they're both in their own way, kind of a little bit sad. I think uh, the songs we've picked this week. Um, I'll go first. I have decided to pick the song "Baby Britain" by Elliot Smith, which is the second single from Elliot Smith's fourth album, EXO. Which is, if you are listening to this podcast the day that it comes out, twenty-five years old today. So is actually the Miseducation of Lauren Hill which is a great album, but I've spoken about that at length. If you're on our Patreon page, you can go back and, you know, listen to me talk about it and have someone else go, well, I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> I do talk about it. But um, not really chatting much about Elliot Smith um, on this or any podcast that I've ever been on before. I 
had a few years just prior to Elliot Smith very, very sadly passing away. I got so hugely into him. I think there was that little period where Iron and Wine and, I mean, I guess even, I, mean, I don't like to really compare them particularly, but hearing Dashboard Confessional making me go like, oh, acoustic mm. people yeah. just playing the guitar on their own and stuff. Um, and, and there are a lot of people from, you know, that era. I don't think like... Um, Bright Eyes as well, and this is broken social scene that's different, but Bright Eyes and, you know, a lot of those artists who were getting signed to those kind of emo labels made me go, I should check out Elliot Smith. And I had a couple of mates. I mean, my mate Kears used to play guitar in Stegall. Mm. He, to the point where his, like, social media picture is the figure eight um, album cover. Oh, wow. He fucking loves Elliot Smith. And damn, Elliot Smith, I just think is an incredible artist. And um, XO was not kind of one of my first favourite albums of his. It felt more like just an album as opposed to that very sort of stripped back thing that he did, you know, if you, particularly if you go to the first two albums, yeah. which are very, very lo-fi and very dark as well. And it was really either or was... I mean, I think actually Figure Eight would have been the first one that I sort of got into. But then going back, you know... The, the self-titled second album I really liked and either or I think is brilliant yeah. and I really like those first three I think they're great but I do actually these days even though XO is it's kind of a brighter album but it's kind of the first time Elliot Smith did sort of mainstream it's his first album on a major yeah. label it's the first time he does that kind of Beatlesy, very kind of kaleidoscopic sunshiny sound but it's often obscured by really grey clouds and nobody does that better than Elliot Smith and I just think this song the piano is so lush and it's something we hadn't really heard him do before his guitar kind of when it cuts through sounds amazing he's brilliant um, I mean obviously he's brilliant I think lyrics are great as well and um, yeah I just basically wanted the opportunity to go cough Elliot Smith, eh? What a great artist. For 25 years today. Is that what you said? That's that's unbelievable. God. I mean, it's... I'm a sucker for sad songs about drinking. That's... Mm. (laughs) It's... um, yeah, it was a very kind of different so because I, I was a massive fan and I still am a huge fan of um, either or. That's the one for me. That's, you know, I, I love yeah. that kind of, the kind of like one heart gnarlier lo-fi sound that he had. Um, but like you said, this is, everything kind of took a massive step up. Obviously, yes, he went on to a major label so there was a lot of money getting thrown at it and stuff like that. But the whole album, I, I kind of take it as is almost like his love letter to kind of 70s AM radio kind of AOR kind of you know rock music that he was obviously sort of growing up with at the time um you know it's like part brian wilson part todd rungren in places yeah absolutely uh, but but again it's like it's kind of well I, I say it's kind of out of step for like 1998 but there was a lot of this kind of stuff like brewing around like you were saying about like iron and wine and early dashboard and stuff like this um and i, I love the um i'm I'm sure it was intentional, but that when that chiming guitar comes in, it just sounds like the the intro to "Getting Better" by um, Beatles. Not sh- not Shed Seven, hmm. the Beatles. Yeah, thank yeah. you. <laughs> uh, yeah, bang, dang, dang, yeah. dang, dang, dang. And it's so kind of, it's so uplifting and beautiful, and 
yeah, it's really Beatlesy, and it's particularly. I mean, I would say if you want to kind of hone in even tighter, it's very George Harrisony. It's got that kind yeah. of the most. Yeah. So much of the album has that kind of you know, my sweet lord. Um, uh, just an understatedness to to everything that he does. I think George Harrison was probably you know the the understated Beatle. And um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love this album. I mean, again, you know, it's it's a it's a weird time because, like you say, there's not really that much in the mainstream that you could sort of go, oh, he's a bit like that. I mean, I know, obviously, he, I know he felt a lot of kinship with like the Flaming Lips or Beck and people like that. Yeah, but those two don't sound like this and and you think you know like i i watched him do um because i was like when was the first time i would have even been aware of elliot smith and of course you know the song's on goodwill hunting and he Mm -hmm. plays live at the oscars he's nominated for an oscar yeah best song and you know there's nothing less kind of elliot smith than (laughs) madonna giving celine dion an oscar uh, but Elliot Smith being part of that conversation. I mean, you can even see Madonna kind of grin when she says, when she reads out, you know, Elliot Smith's name at the ceremony because yeah. it's just so fucking unlikely. And then, of course, you know, he gets signed to a label and it's, um, he's an incredible artist and it's, he's a really like tragic character as well. Probably not the time to go into yeah. exactly kind of the, the, the stuff that he went through, but, um, any time I can remind people to sort of go and listen to Elliot Smith. We did actually have someone on our Patreon page go, oh, would you know, would you do an Elliot Smith album at some point, you know, and suggest it as a Your Cult Pop? I think there's an, at least there's at least three classics. Oh, yeah, yeah I, was, I was about at to say that. Three. But it's, you know, there's, it's the two for me, the kind of, the either or and this. Mm. You know, I'd, I'd love to go eight? in. Not so much for me. Really? But, okay. Yeah it's, yeah, it's these two for me. But, you know, I've, yeah. I'm more than happy to talk about Elliot Smith all night. Mm. Really, yeah, cracking, um, yeah. cracking artist. What a dude! Um, Baby Britain by Elliot Smith. If you haven't listened yeah. to him before, it's probably actually not a great introduction to what Elliot Smith does, really, because it's quite different to like, <laughs> let's say, you know. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, there you go, Gaz. The floor is yours. I'm not even going to give it any kind of like build up or introduction. <sighs> okay. Well, um, hopefully, all you people out there. In uh, in podcast lands, um, are aware of you know the the, the sad passing of um, the original pavement drummer. Uh, I think it was last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, early last week. Uh, Gary Young, who played on the seminal pavement debut album uh, "Slanted and Enchanted," which came out in 1992, which I believe, fuck, I should really should have looked this up. It w- was it Rolling Stones album of the year that year? Uh, I don't I don't actually know. Hold on, let me have a little spin. Um, um but obviously he was I don't know. he was it, I wouldn't necessarily say like integral to the sound, but his his kind of acts were kind of sort of legendary. He was basically like a a, a hippie, a stoner hippie who was a, mu- a lot older than the rest of the band at the time. Um, it go they they go into it quite a lot. There's there's a fantastic pavement documentary which came out about 20 years ago, uh, directed by Lance Bangs, the same guy that did the Slint Breadcrumb Joe documentary. Uh, the pavement one's called Slow Century. It's on YouTube. Please go and seek it out. It's it's an amazing watch. Um, but he was kind of like integral to that kind of gnarly, loose 
kind of lo-fi sound that they were all about, especially early doors. Um, I mean, I didn't get into them until uh, it would have around it would have been around the time I kind of cut your hair, which was like the kind of sophomore album, uh, Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain, which is fucking incredible. They never did a bad album. They've done five albums. They're all amazing. Um, I, I love the fact that the reason that they got um, Bob Nastanovich um, into the bands um, to p- kind of play like percussion, do backing vocals and kind of be the hype man was because like any time during a, an early pavement gig, like Gary Young, the drummer, would just get off the drums and just decide to do headstands for the rest of the gig. So there was like no one fucking <laughs> drumming, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, mean, I mean, the track I, I've picked is uh, it's a track called Box Elder. Uh, which is, I believe, it's on the best of currently in the past. It was on, it was on like a sort of B-sides rarities album called Westing, um, from about '93, I think it was released. Um, but the reason, I, the reason I picked it is because um, we actually covered it in my first band. So we're all kind of massive Pavement fans, and we used to do covers of like Jesus and Mary Chain and Sonic Youth and Pavements, and we did a few kind of dog shit original songs we're all kind of like you know 16 17 at the time uh but like whenever i hear it, it, it steve malcolmus from pavement is is a fucking songwriting genius he he just has this amazing kind of knack for these beautiful kind of hooky really kind of deceptively simple kind of guitar riffs and just the way this kicks in it it, it could just be it, it it just reeks of kind of like, you know, California sun and kind of sun-kissed beaches. And, but it has that brilliant kind of like badly recorded kind of beauty, lo-fi beauty to it. Um, and I, I, I think it's an absolutely timeless, timeless song. And there are timeless bands. I consider it like one of my all-time favourite bands. Like God Above, like I say about God Above Voices. I never got to see God Above Voices live. I've only ever seen Pavement live once mm. for my sins, and that that was Reading '98. Oh uh, yeah, they did play, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, the main yeah. stage. Uh, I think after Zebedo, I think it was the same day as Zebedo. Maybe. I mean, I've got to be honest with you, mate. I don't really, really think we've spoken about this ever before. But like Pavement, short of kind of you know, wowie zowie and the odd little bits yeah. here and there. They're a bit of a blind spot in my musical Whoa. knowledge, you know. So I've never listened to Snighted Enchanted uh, and I'd never heard this song before. Yeah. And, you know, oh, but yeah. it, it ticked every box that I think of when I think of yeah. Pavement. It's got that kind of really yeah. weird, angular, kind of wiry, slightly discordant, um, you know, lead guitar line over some very yeah. fuzzy bass and very yeah. kind of like, uh, like sort of broken drums. And then you've got, yeah, <laughs> yeah like odd melodies, odd little yeah. melodies. And it, it you know, yeah. it's actually, because I was like, oh, is this on one of the albums? And I, you know, I found it on that, that greatest hits uh, thing that you sent yeah. me or that kind of comp that you sent me and, yeah. um, or that you told me about. And yeah, I was like, fuck, they sound really kind of, um, like warped and, and even more kind of lo-fi than yeah. the pavement that I would have yeah. been aware of. I mean, I think, did they play Red in 96 or did I make that up? 
yeah, they, I think they did play 96 as well. Um, I did a few On the second stage, um, I think they're on the second stage in yeah. 96. Yeah. On the, do you know what? That's going to annoy me because it's Reading, <laughs> it's Reading weekend. So it's Reading uh, weekend. We can look at Reading Festival history. Reading 1996. Here we go. Let me just double check. I mean, I mean their, their albums kind of got more polished as they went along. I mean, my favourite album by Pavement is 1997's Bright in the Corners. Um, right. Which is... It's got some of the most famous songs on like Shady Lane and Stereo and stuff like that. But that's... Um, the more you kind of listen to Pavement, the more you can hear like the influence they had on Graham Coxon, especially around the self-titled album, mm. you know. Um, yeah. And Blur Sound going forward, really. Yeah, um, just to just to confirm, they did not play Reading '96. Oh, okay. But Sebado did. It might have been. Yeah. No, that would have been the Friday, so I wouldn't have seen. No, okay, okay. Mm. I, I I didn't see them. Put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see them. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, but, but look, they're a band that I probably should. They really, yeah, they they really should, mate. If uh, if we if we're gonna uh, continue being buds. <laughs> the pressure but it, yeah listen to listen to bright in the corners that's the one that's a good place to if we were doing a where to start with pavements i would say okay yeah bright in the corners it well, maybe it, we should do that yeah i'd i'd be bang up for that mate yeah, bright in the corners is is it encompasses everything about where pavement came from and where they were going to go to on their final album um, mm. so yeah yeah i mean R.I.P. to Gary yeah, Young, mate. who seemed like a, a very, very cool uh, yeah. person yeah. in a very, very cool band. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, before we go any further, I've got one bit of news, which will save. I'm going to do the old live reviews first. Mm. Um, starting off with, with Ern. It was, they only did half an hour. Obviously, um, to anyone who came down and saw the, the show, did a little Q&A with Joe beforehand, uh, which was really cool. Um, Joe... I mean, it, you know, it wasn't about me. So, I mean, I was going to say, Joe did the majority of the speaking, but that he should do. He's in the yeah. band. Um, but I was like, I'm glad that he did. He didn't kind of like just sort of go, oh, I don't know, because sometimes he can interview people and they give you fuck all. But Joe was really open about themes of the record nice. and, you know, this and that and the other. We had a nice chat as well. And, and um, uh, yeah, it was it was really good. So I um, I was pleased to, to do that. And I think the, you know, it's kind of, uh, the, the hardcore crew that turned up beforehand I think were kind of obviously very interested in and invested in that band it was fucking it was great to see the Blackheart absolutely chock rammed Sta- I was going to say standing room only there is only standing room but like absolutely all the way to the back couldn't have fit another person in there we were absolutely rammed in um, and again you know like weirdly I have to say for a metal band, I don't often say this, particularly a kind of very extreme heavy metal band in the way that Earn are, those songs came across better on a big stage. They came across better at Download Festival. I mean, look, they were still great. They still sounded great. And, you know, I think that there's something about that type of music being played in front of 250 yeah. people that is very different to them being played in front of, you know, five, 6,000 people, obviously. Um, but I do think it's, honestly to their testament of how great those songs are and how good a live band they are particularly as again i'll hammer it home as a trio as a three piece how complex that material is and how much goes into it um that it actually came across i think it was better in front of a a, you know a, a big crowd and that's not to say they weren't great at the Black Heart. They were really, really good. It was fucking great. And it sounded, you know, like, 
it was like brutal yeah. you know like it was absolutely brutal but in that big in that big room weirdly you you uh, in that big room in that big field you weirdly got more of the emotion came across more the nuances it kind of like all of i think given that material mm. space to breathe really worked really well for it so look they were fucking great and i think if you go and see them on their uk tour which you should absolutely do um which they, they've just announced this week or the week before i think um that is gonna be excellent like really really great but if ever they get one of them big slots at download or if they get come back to bloodstock or whatever which i'm sure they will uh that's i think that might be an even better place to see them they're really good like really really good but like i've seen certain bands from that genre that type of genre who get kind of dwarfed by little stages and urn seemed to thrive on them i was i'm not gonna say they were worse at the black heart because they were still fucking great but i do think actually their natural habitat might be bigger stages that's amazing it's pretty cool right both well both well for the future man yeah i think it does it really does does. uh the next day i went again see the weekend again now obviously i've already reviewed the weekend and he did exactly Mm. the same set uh at wembley stadium as he did at the london stadium so if you want to know what i thought about it last time you can go back to the podcast where i reviewed that what i will say was different about this time though is i was actually sat i was i was sat first time and i was stood in the kind of you know the front bit of the stage this time so i was much closer to everything and i would say oddly again oddly being right being able to look at the stage and see everything because so much is going on it was only when i got down on that floor that i was like oh there's a lot going on here right so he's there he's in his mask he's fucking incredible you can barely take your eyes off him you've got this like silver city that he's built behind him with a drummer and a dj and a kind of like a guy playing kind of keys and bass and guitar like that guy's got his fucking work out for him he's doing like percussion (laughs) guitar bass and playing like keyboards as well you've got this long ramp with about 20 30 dancers all kind of all these kind of white hooded figures um you've also got this massive statue in the middle which turns around like this big kind of metal statue and then you've got another walkway and you've got another stage and this massive like planet earth moon thing which keeps coming up and down and um and i also remember as well because i didn't get given one this time but when you everyone in the seats got given like a wristwatch kind of thing and okay. that you put on and it would flash in time with the music so the whole stadium was like part wow. of the show so the people there wow. were actually it was and it was fucking amazing and so when i was when i was up in the the seats i was like oh my god there's a lot to take in you know and you got pyro you got fire you got fucking lasers you got all this stuff um uh, you get down on the floor and you're like, I can't actually take all of this in. I can't take <laughs> it all in. Uh, there was one bit which I couldn't see because obviously I had the stadium roof in front of me, but there were lights in the middle stage that he shined upwards. Just white lights shined up. Really, really simple, right? And I looked up. I've never seen anything like it before. It was like the fucking bat signal. It went up all the way up to the fucking sky, as high as you, like, to, to wow. you know, like to the clouds, to the yeah. very, very top of the sky. It was like that bit in Santa Claus the movie where the thing comes down at the start. <laughs> do, you, do you remember that? It's like that. Just, just like that. After that. <laughs> um, so yeah, absolutely spectacular show. I think, you know, I went with Merlin and 
I had bigged it up to him quite a lot. I tried not to big it up or tell him exactly what was going to happen because I didn't want to give him any spoilers or anything. But I was just like, because he said to me, you know, we were like, oh, it's, it's going to rain as well. It's going to rain. And you know what I'm like with the fucking rain? I'm like, nah, nah, nah. Yeah. I was like, I hope it doesn't fucking rain all the way through. But then I was like, oh, it's two hours of my life, like whatever. And um, I said to him at the end, I was like, did you expect it to be that? And he was like, he said the same thing as I said. Only Ramstein, and I know we're not meant to be nice about Ramstein, but everything, but you cannot deny mm. that their live set and their live show was fucking outrageously spectacular. But this yeah. is that done to a hundred thousand people rather than like thirty thousand people. Yeah. So it's on a it's on an even bigger scale. Um his set list is mental. It's still absolutely mental. Um when he played Blinding Lights, I mean, it started sort of spitting about halfway through. He gets five songs from the end. He starts playing Blinding Lights. And mm. that is something where you're like, well, that, this is basically like the biggest song of the last yeah. decade or whatever. Like fucking massive. Yeah. And people went absolutely mental. As soon as that started finished, as soon as that finished, he did this, he went all, did this long, slow walk from one end of the stadium all the way back to the other. And as he did, it started to fuck it down it wasn't just like raining a bit it wasn't spitting it wasn't even heavy rain it was fucking it down like download to 2016 right it was absolutely <laughs> wow. shatting it down unbelievable like so much and we got you you were soaked within 10 seconds you were just completely drenched completely drenched people started leaving and he got to the back of that stage and he started playing tears in the rain and oh, wow. it fucked it down for the last five songs but it was such an amazing sight and he even like got onto stage and was like it's only a little bit of rain Wembley that it was like it was just incredible both of those shows I've seen at the weekend this year I've seen it again it's the best stadium show I've ever seen unquestionably wow unquestionably wow. and when you go and see someone like like bless metallica and guns and roses and bands i mean when guns and roses did guns and roses have been kind of hawking the same show around for the last however long now and you look at like what they bring as a show sort of crappy old you know windows 98 <laughs> visuals and whatever and you're just like come on lads and the odd pyro here and there and it's like you need to, you know, there's, there's at this point, right? If this guy can can do it, you know, you you can do it as well. Like I just yeah. think, like if you're doing a stadium now, the the game has changed and it, the the standard has raised to like an outrageous level. Yeah, it has. Like, it was fucking phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. By the time like in your eyes came on the second to last song and the sax player came out. I was like in the rain just dancing to this like 80s I felt like fucking I felt like I was in flash dance <laughs> there's a sight it was great it was so good amazing um, yeah I mean if you ever honestly any of you if you ever get the chance to go and see the weekend you have got to go you have got to go it's just it, it's it's mind-blowing it's one of the best live shows you'll you ever see i promise you it is it really is um and then on tuesday i went to see i didn't actually see container i went to the the three c's container conjurer and clipping miss container apparently they're some sort of uh edm band okay 
Conjurer and Clipping, though, an odd mm. fit, right? Because Conjurer, heavy as yeah. fuck. I mean, Clipping heavy in their own way, but obviously very, very different. A lot of people were clearly there for Conjurer. A lot of people were clearly there to see what Conjurer were going to do and to kind of support Conjurer, who were, you know, I think quite rightly very, very excited to get this support slot right. And I thought Conjurer were really good. They noticeably, I think, played it. I mean, it's the same sort of set that they, as a band, have been doing for a while now. And I mean, I've spoken about Conjurer Live quite a lot uh, over the years. They are a fucking fantastic live band. And are you into Conjurer at all? you ever seen them live? Uh, no, never seen them live. Never seen okay. them live. I got into them uh, as a result of you ramming it down my throat for Thank you. God knows how many years. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> fucking good. I do <laughs> yeah. need to see it. I do need to see it live. It's it's really, really great. I mean, you know, like mm. it's really, really, really great. And they did noticeably play it a bit more straight. Like Brady can say the odd funny thing here and there in between, you know, uh, stuff in between songs and stuff. Not here. I think they were like, okay, this is a kind of cool audience. We yeah. got to be, we got to be cool for them. <laughs> and and it was it was really good, man. It was really good. Clipping, Conjure were great, and you would you know. On a normal night, you might go, oh, that's a tough act to follow. Pfft, not a problem for Clipping, who are just fucking the shit. Do you know what I mean? Like, the absolute shit. They are so brilliant. They might be... They might be the best musical artists currently operating on the planet. I think I've said that before. Mm. I, 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 think they, I think they might be. I mean, they... Having seen them last year with... Um, you know, at a club. And it was much more intense, actually, I think, seeing it yeah. last year at Fabric. It was much more intense. The Outer Net, which is just like, I think I spoke about it before, it's just like the fucking, it's like a scene from Blade. Yeah. It's like it's like, it's like like a, a nightclub in a 90s film. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it's all kind of neon and the people, people keep like tidying up. But the, the sound was, was pretty good. Um, but they it was just them, the three of them on this tiny little stage at Fabric and people losing their shit. Whereas here, they had one, they had a big kind of, screen wall behind them and they had a lot of like they got the kind of video screens working so they had a lot of like they had a really great light show and really good sort of visuals behind them a lot of it was just like static electricity um or like or tv static you know yeah I mean? yeah just like black and white static so it looked really cool um blood of the fang le mala ordina pain every day taking off baby don't sleep or die say the name that's fucking great wriggle which I think they ended with last time. Chain, Inside Out, Check the Lock, Shooter, Body and Blood, The Show, Enlacing, Story, Story 2, and an encore of Nothing is Safe, Work, Work, and Tipsy by Jaquan, which they kind of chucked in mm. last year. And they ended it. I think they ended with it on the fly this year because yeah. I think people really liked it last time. Like I, I, I love the fact that Clipping do like with all this kind of violent imagery that they put out this kind of really harsh white electro <laughs> noise that they use as their backing and david Diggs doing all this like incredibly dexterous vocal kind of interplay with himself almost i mean he's he's incredible he's the fucking like the he's the MV, he'd be the mvp of any band he might be like again you know, he might be the most impressive person i've ever seen performing live do you know what i mean it's like he's like mm. eddie van halen of 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 like 
flow. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's absolutely yeah. insane. There were there were points where the back where the two guys um, would like just pull their fucking faders down so it was silence and let Debbie Diggs go. And you know, and I've listened to his album so much. I'm like, oh, I feel like I know the words. I think I said this before. I feel like I know the words. I can't keep yeah. up with him. I was trying. I was going like swallowing my own tongue. But I love the fact that they end with this like ridiculous cover. They play completely play straight of this silly mm. kind of mid two thousands party jam by yeah. Jake One. <laughs> it's so good. Um, again, you know, if you want to know more about what I thought, I, I kind of covered it more in old podcast, so I won't go over it again. But yeah, again, clipping yeah. Were, ma- were, were were mental good. Like I can't understand how they're not way bigger than they actually are. They surely mm. should be way, way yeah. bigger than they are to play like. Because it wasn't even sold out. It's like one and a half thousand people. It wasn't even sold out. Really? Wow, that's surprising. Yeah, man. It's fucking nuts. That's surprising. It's fucking nuts. Uh, anyway, it was really good. Um, one news story. I don't know if you've seen this, Gaz. Seen what David Jamin, who David Jamin wants to um, collaborate with? Oh, God. <laughs> no. He's a Swifty. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. He's he been interviewed um, by Philadelphia's WMMR radio station with Sarah Parker, the best music of the 70s, 80s, and today. And, today. and he said <laughs> he would love to cover a Taylor Swift song, saying, I think she's one of the most prolific songwriters of our generation. I think she's insanely talented. I'd love to collaborate with Taylor if she ever wanted to on any given day. I've said it before and I say it again. I think she's a brilliant woman. I think she's like, I said, one of the greatest songwriters of our time. I love her gumption. I love the fact she gets on stage in front of tens of thousands of screaming young female fans and plays a real instrument that sings live and is the real deal. So there you go. David Draymond and Taylor Swift. Wow. Um, I mean, he came out, he was on Tinder recently. I don't know if this is David Draymond going, oi, oi. Yeah. She's singing hey. again. She's broken up with yeah. her. Like, so there's a chance. Trying it on. <laughs> so you're telling me there's a chance. Yes, you're telling me there's a chance to get down with the sickness. <laughs> I honestly think uh, Taylor Swift is so above this. It's unbelievable. And, and then but... some. Fuck me. And then some. <laughs> Blimey. But wouldn't you love to hear it? No. <laughs> no. I knew you were trouble when you walked in. Yeah. And now you're moving as a goddamn. Ooh, ah, ah, ah. Go what? Oh, ah. <laughs> trouble. Trouble. That'd be fucking great. Oh, my God. That would be great. It'd be funny. You know, as an, as an, as an mad, mad Davey, like, just butchered enough kind of. Half decent stuff over the years. He has, hasn't he? He has got previous to that. I mean, right, it, he has. You, their you their know. version of Land of Confusion is decent, though, isn't it? Yeah, but you know, yeah, it's decent because it. yeah, but you don't need it. it. It's decent because it's played straight, and it's just merely a, a heavier version of the original. Do you know uh, their cover of Shout Tooth Shout by Tisfish? Shout Tooth. No, Thousand? no. I like the no, bit where I, he goes, would you ever shout? I lip a dip it when you live in it all out. Would you really shout? I, I think I, I don't think, that, think was, that song I, needed that. No, no. We get older Roland and go, did you never think about going? You know what this song's missing? Some toasting. Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah, I thought... God, I think that shout cover was the first thing I ever heard by them. 
I was yeah. in a club and I was just like, nah, I'm not having this. Who's this? I was disturbed. Well, I already hated them before I even heard any of their originals. But, yeah. Disturbed, man. Yeah. They're, I... You kind of forget, right, how fucking, you know, because like, disturbed in this country, it was always kind of, you know, mid-tier, even at the time. But like, in America, man, like every one of their albums goes, oh, to, goes to number one. Every album. All ten of them, they're whatever massive. it's been. It's fucking, they're huge, man. Legit huge. Mm. And fair fucking play. Fair fucking play no. to them. Well. No. Not fair play. No. I'd, I mean, I guess fair play for getting that much, selling that many records when yeah. you're utterly, ludicrously awful. Yeah, bereft of any kind of redeeming features. Has he still got the two, has he still got the two dingleberries? I guess he must have. I feel like we'll ever do it. Like every time I mention David Jamie, it just descends into me slagging him off. And the thing is, I know he hasn't. There's a new picture of him and he oh, hasn't. Really? No, look, do you know what? I interviewed him once and he's really, really nice. He's a genuine yeah. it's a genuinely you find that often people that are in the worst bands yeah. uh are really, really nice. Not not Matt Tuck. But uh, Aaron um, Lewis. No. <laughs> That I never had the never had the pleasure of Aaron Lewis. Um, I don't <laughs> no, think it is. No. <laughs> I really don't think it is. Uh, but yeah, I um, I think David James is really nice, and it makes you go, ah, oh, ah, uh, oh, I shouldn't be so horrible about his music. But I do genuinely think their music is dreadful. <laughs> but I've got, I, I like if Ed Sheeran and Danny Filth can do a yeah, song. That's. The, um, if we're entering that world where it's going to be Ed Sheeran and Danny Filth, David Draymond, Disturbed and Taylor mm. Swift, like, I mean, where else? Where else can this road take us? Like Sp- fucking Sp- spine shank and let loose. Yes, yeah, sp- I mean that would have been it back in the day when it's spine shanking <laughs> let use. I'm crazy for Strictly Diesel. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Oh. Yeah. I'm, I'm crazy for fuel. Hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, look, I look forward to uh, the, 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 the Billie Eilish and fucking Creed, like, mashup, whatever they're going to do. Scott Stapp and Billie Eilish or Lady Gaga. Well, Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga and Metallica, that happened, didn't it? Yeah, that was a thing. That, that a, got brushed under the carpet very quickly, thank goodness. It did, didn't it? Yeah, it really did. It didn't work out so well. But no. um, I don't know. I mean, I tell you what. I think I'm, I'd be more excited to hear Taylor Swift and David Jamin than I would Danny Filth and Ed Sheeran. Oh, Cause God. I've, yeah. Because Danny Filth and Ed Sheeran have just been acoustic guitar and then Danny and then Danny Filth will go, oh, and then I'm the devil. And he goes, oh, you're the devil on my shoulder. That's what it's going to be. You yeah. Mark my words. You've heard it yeah. in the first kiss. Yeah. That's yeah. what will happen. Yep. With an 808 beat. Definitely. That's no. happening. At least Dave, Dave Damon Chase, well, you, fuck knows what that would be. Fuck <sighs> knows. Yeah. I think she's easily influenced enough because of like the oh, Destiners. Is she? Well, no, no. Well, no, I think because I think she's, well, well maybe not actually. Yeah. Because I think. Not these you, days. No, but I, well, I think, you know, getting in, she tends to do things Maybe she just gets the people that she I want to do this and she'll get but you know, you think like Bonivere and the Destners have been working with her recently and it's made a more kind of folksy indie sort of sound. Yeah, but and then you go back a bit with At least they've got a cachet of cool. Yeah, but all I'm yeah, okay. Well yeah, mm-hmm. she I mean she hasn't agreed to I don't know why we're going, Oh, I wonder what it'll be like because she hasn't she no. it's not like she came out and went, Oh, I'd love to. She's not 
mentioned it, and I doubt she will because no. why would she? Who the who the Taylor fuck Swift. is Davy Draymond? I think they're the only words that will come out of her mouth. Yeah, yeah, I would love her to say that. And I did actually yeah. um, the picture they've put on Louder where I'm looking at this is David Draymond like punching his chest, and Taylor <laughs> Swift is looking like Taylor Swift, but she's in a sort of uh, silver sparkly um onesie sort of thing right and i saw somebody under the comments when i saw this online somebody went i don't know who that is she looks like she's not metal she looks like she's country or hip-hop and i thought what hip-hop have you been listening to which is mostly populated by white women in sparkly silver tutus yeah right she doesn't look like chuck d does she like do you know what i mean Like, I thought, oh, yeah, she's obviously, she's obviously a a crip. Yeah, obviously, (laughs) obviously, like that. Clearly, unbelievable. Some of the shit that people say. Anyway, uh, let's do some reviews. Let's talk about some metal. Funny bunch of lads, aren't they? (laughs) Right, I am going to start, if you don't mind, Gaz, with Struggler by Genesis Wusu, which is the second studio album from the Australian solo artist, a follow-up to 2021's Smile With No Teeth album, which was one of my absolute favourite albums of 2021. I love that record. I still love that record. I still put it on all the time. I saw him live last year. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. I saw him at the Underworld, and he was fantastic. Oh, amazing. He's great. Uh, you know Genesis. I know you yeah. know that. Do you know Wusu? Uh, not until early this week, when okay. you kind of said about it. I've vague kind of recollections of, of seeing his name. You know, like it, it would have been on like the Guardian website or something. You know, yeah. Um, Alex Petridis sort of, you know, this is this kind of music is kind of right up his street. I'm sure that's why I would I would have first come across the name. But yeah, I'm I'm bang into this. I'm delighted to say Genesis Awusu is back mm. with another fucking banger of a record. Now, the last one was, I thought, a brilliant debut album because it was a mix of funk, of soul, of hip-hop, of rock, of punk, of all kinds of things. He managed to sort of straddle this line between old dirty bastard Prince and bad brains right it was fucking great and when you do an album like that it doesn't necessarily leave you much wriggle room so i think kind of essentially what we've got here without kind of wanting to damn this with with faint praise is kind of sonically speaking not so much thematically speaking i'm not sure um like a a, a a Smiling With No Teeth Volume 2, which, you know, I, 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 I've got no problem with. I've got no problem with somebody who has got such a distinct idiosyncratic style going, two years ago, I've had this style. I'm just going to give you some more great songs in the vein of that style. I would say, I still think, because I've only like a week or so listens in, I slightly do prefer that debut album, but, this rules this fucking rules what do you like about it uh well, what's not to like about it is you know the, the shimmering synth funk art rap kind of alternative 
um, I mean, leaving the light is like um, it's the opening track. Uh, it's, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it sounds like Block Party meets Devo, meets yeah, young, yeah. meets Young Fathers, and it's got a beat down in it as well. It's yeah. got an actual, like, I mean, oh, what amazing way for the album because I I generally didn't know what to expect when he said, "Oh, you know, we're going to review the Genesis Whistle album." I was like, "Okay, cool." Um, and then like um, uh, the track "The Roach." You know, it, it starts off with like like a flock of seagulls keyboard riff. It's straight yeah. out of the kind of you know late new romantics going into the kind of mid eighties. Um, you know, with with a with an awesome little um, uh, uh, brand of flowers from the Killers lyric pinch. You know, are we human? Yeah, I know. Does. So. I was like, hey, yeah. there he is. Um, the the old man is kind of like you know, it's it's like drenched in kind of gothy sense. But yeah, it's quite the, an oppressive song. That yeah, thing. man. Like it's but, like something. Like, you, you go listen to that and they go, you do an album full of that, you get on Art Town, gent. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Without a second's thought. But the track yeah. for me is um, it's, it's a track called "See You There," where everything it just kind of drops down and it, and, it, and all of a sudden you know in comes this kind of beautiful kind of Curtis Mayfield esque falsetto voice. It's like delicate and beautiful, and it's kind of backed with that kind of like black exploitation funk and like fluid bass lines it sounds like something you know that could have been on like the foxy brown soundtrack or something you know yeah man I, that is a great song i, I actually yeah to show to show how white i am when you <laughs> like those those i actually was like oh this reminds me of midnight vultures era beck best <laughs> the best era of beck by the way but yeah <laughs> either either or they're both relevant yeah, but yeah but yeah um but yeah, this is um it's it's superb. I mean, a, a lot of the kind of reviews that I've read have, have kind of alluded to what you said about, oh, this isn't enough of a step forward from where he was two years ago. A lot of people are saying, oh, it's, you know, it's the debut album part two and stuff. But I'm like, for me, I'm absolutely fine with that because what, what was it you said? Like Bad Brains, Prince... Bad Brains, Prince, and ODB, right? And then I chose to chuck in some, like... That's a winning combination, as far as I'm concerned. Who else is doing that in 2023, right? Mm. To be fair, there's probably fucking thousands. But I haven't heard them, so... Yeah. (laughs) You know, uh, this is, yeah... This is a beautiful thing. And when you kind of mashing up all those kind of awesome styles, it's, it's a hell of an album, and it... Yeah, and it's it's quite short, and it's just it's. I think all the albums we're reviewing this were quite they're, short. They're but, all about half an hour. Yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, after what I was kind of bitching and moaning about with the Lil Uzi Vert album, you know, a couple of months ago, whenever it was, mm-hmm. about almost bemoaning the death of the fucking album, just doing this, you know, eighty-five minute fucking shit Spotify playlist and just throwing everything. No thought of kind of tr- you know, track sequencing or flow or anything like that. This album proves that, to me that I I am completely wrong. And the idea of a succinct 30, 30 35 minute album um with amazing sequencing and light and shade and flow and a beginning and middle and an end with a linear kind of storyline going through it is alive and well in 2023 and fucking thank god for that yeah and it's weird as well because i mean i think actually this probably uh makes more sense um 
in terms of the sonic flow of the record than the last one did because the last one you were thrown from pillar to post but the last one was sort of a concept album about his mental health basically and so it needed to be quite wild needed to be quite up and down i feel like that album was i mean there's probably two reasons why that album was more exciting than struggler and that is because a that thematic played a really big part and two because now we're more now i say we're now i'm more familiar and more aware and uh, you know my expectation levels going into this were higher and i was like oh he's gonna do like a smooth soul song and then go into like a hardcore song and i have to say there's not really as much in i mean stay blessed is probably the closest he gets to doing like a kind of punk song yeah and then he ends with like a sexy one yeah and you've got a few i mean there's a little midsection where you go from freak boy which is almost like a kind of like a hip-hop artist doing a sort of mid-2000s garage rock like one of the garage rock yeah. bands it's like they go at doing yeah. like black rebel motorcycle club yeah. or um you know the the, the story in kasabian or something like that right and then you get tied up and that's life where he goes on this like pure prince riff and just goes for like sexy liquid lucid funk and it's like it you stick in that so i think he sticks in he doesn't change lanes as much with it with as much regularity on this one it's still very broad i think i think he doesn't maybe doesn't quite go as far as he went on the first one but you know the songs are fucking great like I, i i find it you know i did see you know the guardian review which said that um you know, it's a, it's a kind of poor imitation of, of the first album. But I do feel quite, you know, I, I think, like, for me, I think I'm always going to think that the first album is is the one. But I find it quite hard to get too pissed off about an album or get too kind of sniffy about an album when, like, every song is good. Like, every song on yeah. this is good. Yeah. Right? There's no bad songs on this. Like, there's a couple of albums... Or there's, well, there's what we're about to talk about an album in a minute where I'm like, that, that got a kind of a bit of a weird reception. And there are some stuff on it where you go, there's some stuff on it where you go, oh, yeah, you know, maybe I can see why that got a bit of a weird reception or whatever. But here, I just think in isolation on its own, taken track for track and the way that it flows and the way that it is and what he's trying to do, this song's fucking rule. And he's so cool. He's like the ultimate like he's like the coolest motherfucker around like, oh, you know God, again yeah. i saw him last year and dude you gotta see him live like you gotta see him live like he he's so good live he's so good live. where uh, i was in the underworld the underworld you said you saw the him. underworld <sighs> yeah. fuck me <laughs> <laughs> and he had like dances and like uh, costume changes and stuff and it's wow. like man wow he's not fucking around this uh-huh. guy like he should be this is another one where you're like this guy should be massive. oh he should be massive oh six music i mean I, I don't really listen to six anymore but like six must be playing this right they must be i've heard him on six music before, yeah but i think again it was the last album right so i don't i don't know if they currently are mm. mind you i haven't listened to six music for a little while so i couldn't tell you yeah. with any real authority to be to be perfectly honest good though right cracking really cracking album. really good i think this is probably like again you know it's not me going oh my god this is uh, like, like last time i was like oh because i just heard him i still think this will get in my top 20 at the end of the year oh yeah i still think it will because it's just that fucking great yeah so great yeah um 
There you go. Struggler by Genesis of Wusu. That is out now. Came out last week. As did this. Learning How to Live and Let Go by The Excerpts. The fifth studio album from the Scottish indie pop, indie pop rock band. Not indie pop rock. That's not a thing. The follow-up to 2018's. Jesus. Hold on to your heart. Fucking 2018. Yeah. That was my that was my album of the year, 2018. A lot of people love that album. As as a result of yeah, you and him giving it a fucking glowing review on that's not metal. You and him. You and him. Him and you. Him and you. Lots and lots, lots for us to, to do. do. Remember that? Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> really? I'm not Sam. <laughs> Sam would uh, yeah. would would just have gone bought you, please. What? Why are you singing an Oasis song at me? <laughs> um, yeah. It's Cosmo and Dibs, by the way, guys. What yeah. was that called? It wasn't what it was called, was it? Yeah, it was, well, the show, Looking, was called, the show was called You and Me. But it was, me. it was Cosmo and Dibs. Cosmo and Dibs. We are They're Cosmo and Dibs. We are Cosmo and Dibs. Um, one, of them had very, one of them had a very questionable accent, I thought. It was like a sort of rain... So, like, yeah. for those of you who don't... This is not relevant to the excerpts in any way whatsoever, but fuck it. Cosmo and Dibs, basically, it was like BBC Two's rip-off of Rainbow, wasn't it? And yeah. They worked, on a, they worked on a fruit and veg store on a market yeah. in London. Yeah. Yeah. Naked. Yeah. But no one questioned Listen, it. It was fine. No one questioned it, no. Yeah. More innocent time. It was. They were sort of... They were like... They weren't people. They were sort of puppets, weren't they? But they weren't. I thought they were real. Yeah. Well, yeah. When you were like three. But or I was four, about three or four. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you didn't think they were people. I never looked at them. And went, oh, they're just very odd-looking people. <laughs> 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 With yeah. really saggy skin and yeah. fur. Yeah. And massive like hippo noses. Yeah. I really want to Google Cosmo and Dibs now. Where are, where are they now? Think where are they now? Don't... It's just, it's just gonna, have, it's just gonna say at the bottom of the picture. It's a shit business. <laughs> <laughs> Cosmo and Dibs musical group. What? No. Okay, so one of them had. Oh yeah, so I'm gonna assume that they do it in the right. So Cosmo had a very, I'd say, was sort of speaking patois, but I think it's a white person doing it. I reckon it's a white yep. person doing it. It definitely it was. was kind of it definitely very was very a like, fucking oh, white person. Ah, oh, dibs. What? 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 Guan or yeah. something like that. What? Awful, what? Right? Me tell you what. <laughs> uh, mm. But also was had sort of brown fur and green hair. I forgot he had green hair. Anyway, that was yeah. good, wasn't it? Oh, Did you cut that out? Probably. Nah. I'm, not, I'm not cutting that. Really? Out. Fuck that. You don't know. Nah. No, no. I think I think it's you know it's appealing to the demographic, frankly. Definitely. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is why we definitely don't need a TikTok account. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Thank <laughs> 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 fuck. We've decided our TikTok videos are going to be 40 minutes long, and it's going to start with the 20 minute conversation about a BBC Two educational children's program yeah. from 1984 uh niche anyway <laughs> that's the fuck. angle hold on hold on to your heart yeah we reviewed it on that some metal yeah i liked it yeah uh we both liked it uh yeah. it's great you know it's yeah. a great album it's it was wonderful. very um it had that kind of springsteen born in the usa springsteen thing right it was really with, good with with the wistfulness of wistfulness oh, yeah, that's the right word of of tom petty of like like full, full moon fever yeah. 
had Wildflowers, kind of era Tom Petty, late eighties to kind of mid nineties Tom Petty. You know, sung in you know Murray McLeod's beautiful kind of Scottish lilt. Lilt. Yeah. Yeah. And that felt like a bit of a change from the album before, which was much yeah. more just sort of straight indie thing yeah. i think yeah so we shouldn't really be too surprised i mean it's been getting a lot of shit from people it really has it really has it's been getting it to the point where you were like well, i'm not sure i want to review this yeah but that was because of the first single well the first song that was released from it was gimme was i don't really see the problem with that i don't I mean, now I, I don't it. now no but it's you know it's, it's it's very jarring with the kind of auto tune and all, mm-hmm. and all it, it, it's very kind of I don't know, consider where they were, what they were releasing five years ago, which is essentially what I'd class as kind of. It's, it's, it had a t- those songs on on that last album, Hold On To Your Heart. They had a real kind of timeless quality to them because they were just fucking good rock songs, you know, mm. blue collar rock songs. You said it, it yourself, it, though, mate. You said l- it yourself. Rodden five on the years ago. I know, but yeah, I know it's five years, and a lot can happen in five years. A lot has happened. A lot has happened in five. Clearly, quite a lot has happened. They discovered the 1975. That's one thing that's happened. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know if that is <laughs> a fact. <laughs> Fuck you, liked, Healy. <laughs> the 1975, quite a lot, I reckon. Yeah. I mean, yeah. look, I think the first song. That first song is different. It's a minute and forty. It's quite. That's what I was going to say, right? Like, way you've, to you've open hardly the got you've hardly got time to get annoyed with it, and it's done. Yeah, I think it's all right. And then the rest of it is just kind of. I would say, I mean, at this point, it's kind of um, retro, modern, classic-sounding electro pop. So it's yeah. kind of when I say retro modern, I mean it's been a long time now, really that we've been going, oh, let's do something that's a bit like the 80s. That's been happening quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And it means that the stuff that's like, oh, let's try and make it sound like the 80s, but with modern production, that now is its own genre in a lot of ways. There's a lot of bands doing that. It's become yeah. kind of its own genre. And what's wrong with that? Where's the beef with that? I think that a lot of people are doing it. A lot of people are good. I personally think this album is, what is it? It's 12 tracks. It's 31 minutes, yeah. seven seconds long. I don't think all of it is great. I think there's a little middle bit yeah, where they do do a couple of acoustic, straight acoustic songs. And I was a bit like, oh, oh, have you got time to do this? Like two of them back to back? Was it everything I cannot live without? Drag me out. Yeah. They kind of come in sort of back to back and you're like, oh, okay. You've sort of dropped the mood a lot here yeah, I, I kind of like that I, I, everything I cannot live without I think is beautiful that's kind of what I wanted or how I was kind of envisaging uh, a new excerpts album really there's enough kind of like callbacks on this album to the kind of pre- like car, car crash culture it, it it sounds like a song that was that could have fitted on to the, the last time hold on to your heart but given a kind of 2023 kind of makeover um, and it's it's a wonderfully kind of propulsive kind of electro pop rock song. Mm. Um, I think it's great. You know, Ake's really good. You know, kind of neon coated duet with with um, um, Sam from Architects. yeah Sam Architects. Um, I, I love um, sort of, yeah. Lots of translations, pretty good. But my friends forever, I think is is 
that's a fucking down. home run. That should have been the last song on the album, really, because for me that kind of, it plays out like an end credits, like it could it could play out of the end credits like a like a Brat Pack movie. Do you think? Because obviously you know the excerpts are, are Scottish, right? My friends forever. There's parts of it that really fucking remind me of Angel Eyes by Wet Wet Wet. I cannot believe you have. Uh, I really? thought I, I thought I, I thought I don't really be really funny when I go. Do, do, do you know what it sounds like? Wet wet wet. Right. Yeah. There's two. Blame. I said yep. steals the riff from Since You've Been Gone by Kelly Clarkson. Yeah, it does don't see. know how anyone can have any yeah. problem with that. I think the chorus of that is fucking great yeah, as great. well. Yeah. Um. Uh, but I did mention, I actually mentioned it on Lovesick. I was like, this is like Wet, Wet, Wet mixes in 1975. Yeah. And I was like, I'll be the only person, surely, in, <laughs> in, in music who mentions Marty Pello alongside this quite cool modern uh, like indie rock band. But no, no. This yeah. is why you belong here, Gaz. I thank you, my friends. <laughs> There's nothing wrong. Mate, I'm, wet, I'm, wet, wet. I am a wet, wet, wet defendant, you know, especially that early stuff. You know, a, a, Angel Eyes, man, oh, is, mate. oh, what a fucking mate, they... banging tune. And it, there's, there's a, there's a definite big fucking whiff of, you know, wet, wet, wet balladry um, on My Friends Forever. I think my, I think my biggest problem, right, with this album, Lovely brass as well, isn't it? Oh, that end, oh, that, that last five seconds, it goes, mm. when it just goes full easy, like Burt Bacharach kind of, it's a little kind of, you know, tip of the hat to kind of Bacharach and stuff like that, it goes full on easy listening, it's beautiful. I think my biggest issue with this album, they've had five years, right? Yeah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, to me, it, fair wedge of this album just sounds unfinished gimme like the opening track gimme okay mm-hmm. perfect example why why is it only one minute 40 or whatever one minute you know i don't think it needs to be oh, no but there are you know there are other songs which it just seems like i don't know they just i don't know a bit kind of jarring and a bit kind of unfinished i i don't know Maybe it's because I, I know everything on that on hold on. I, know, I keep on talking about an album that came out five yeah, years fine. ago. But you know, for me, that was <laughs> I saw I saw them a couple of times uh, on the touring cycle of that. They played um, one time was in in this pub in Cambridge uh, a few months after the album came out, and it was it was it was fucking out. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Um, you know. The, they brought a saxophone guy out to play um I can't remember the fuck the song's called in that album, You Drive Me Wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, oh just oh it was kind of Sam Fender before Sam Fender, really. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um but the first time I listened to this album, and I, I, you know, I said this to you. I was, my knee-jerk reaction was like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to re- review this album because that album, the previous album, it, it's got kind of, I still hold it kind of very close to me from, you know, it reminds me of a particular time in my life and stuff. And my initial knee-jerk reaction for this album was like, I don't like this. This is awful. But I've, I've about six or seven listens in now, and I'm like, it's decent, man. It's decent. No one near as good as as the previous, but there's there's some good stuff on here. I just I don't know. I was expecting a bit more from Five Years Away. I guess. Well, I know they've released EPs in the interim. They did some yeah. lockdown stuff, and you know, 
Well, yeah, look, you know, look, I think, yeah, it's probably natural to expect a bit more, maybe, I guess. Like, do you know what I mean? I think that's probably fairly natural because mm. you do go five years and you only give me 31 minutes. But I think this is definitely a stylistic choice on their part. And actually, yeah. it's not one that I have a problem with. I mean, all the stuff we've mentioned from, you know, fucking the 1975 to Wet, Wet, Wet and all the other bits yeah. and bobs in between Kelly Clarkson. Like, I don't have a problem with that. No, not I don't so. have a problem with any of these things. I think the people who are expecting the other stuff or who really like like that stuff and, and they have a very clear idea of what the excerpts should sound like in their mind, they may well have... A bit of a problem with it i don't i um it's funny that sam carter's on this record when i still think that last architects album is i mean at this point i think it's i think it's better than holy hell and i know people are like architects been shit for ages now and i just think well i would i would probably take that last album over fucking hollow crown at this point do you know what i mean i just think that i i'm i would rather have catchy songs that just go pip in your brain and go we're here now here we are and i think there is not everything not everything on here look this is not as good as uh, they did do that in the last album though i think that's where the kind of confusion lies a little bit because those songs they are still in my head as well um yeah look this is good though i just think it's different um to what they did before i I, you know maybe maybe i'm just being a bit gatekeeping i don't know but no i don't think you are i think I think, you know, you've got high expectations for an album which, yeah. you know, is is slight and is more modern sounding. Yeah. And I think the tropes, I'm going to, sounds like an insult to call them tropes, but I'm going to use it anyway. The tropes of lots of modern popular music. Yeah, zeitgeisty are, kind of, a, you know, are, things, yeah, tricks. Are apparent on this record. And that's, yeah. you know, that's not a... That's, is that going to turn you off and go, oh, that makes it not sound... I know what you mean, though. That the last album is quite classic sounding. Yeah. It will be interesting to know what this album sounds like in five years. Yeah. No, if no. you listen to it in your core, that's very 2023, isn't it? Yeah. I've got a horrible... You might even go, core, it's very 2021. Yeah, I've got a horrible feeling it will be. I but... guess we'll see. Well, At the moment, know, we'll, though... You know, we'll see. Mm. It'd be interesting to see, because I, I generally thought that, you know, the excerpts were going to be a much bigger band than they are. I genuinely thought that. Yeah, you know? I think a and lot I'm, of people did. And I'm kind of surprised, really, that, you know, they're... Go, they're, five, they're, go, they're, for, go five years without releasing a record. That's what's going to happen, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. Be interested to see what... what si- well, yeah, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Be interested to see what, what kind of size rooms they play when this comes out because I'd love to see them again don't get me wrong because they are a phenomenal live band again considering they're another three piece and Mm. yeah they're fucking they are great live great I'm definitely going to go and see them I mean I meant to see them last time but I I think Mm. this was one of the last albums I reviewed not this but the previous albums one of the last ones I reviewed for That's Not Metal before Mm. and I was just like well I might just take some time off for a little while um, but yeah, mm. I'd be up for going to see them. Though I'd kind of forgotten about them, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, and I put the other yeah. album, the last couple of last couple of albums on. I think they're both really good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, learning how to live and let go by excerpts is out now. Um, you probably know whether you like that or not. I, you probably know what we're going to say about this next album, to be honest, because we sort of teased it a little bit. Sundial by No Name, which came out a couple of weeks ago, the second full length solo album from the Chicago based rapper, the follow up to the very excellent Room Twenty Five from again two thousand eighteen. Been a long time since we've had a full no name um album i mean we've had 
like the odd single here and there, like, mm. you know, in the sort of years past. But, you know, Room 25 was um, a record that, I mean, I think that came out towards the end of 2018. And I was, in fact, I can exactly remember because I, I think I was probably at that point would have liked to have covered it on Riot Act, but it's probably a little bit too early before we'd done any hip hop or anything. And obviously, yeah. um, like I always say, kind of pointless when any one of you have uh, any kind of vague idea about what hip hop even is <laughs> to, to <laughs> review it, to review it. But um, uh, we've got a follow up now. Um, yeah. And uh, Jesus Christ. Hello, hip hop, which has started, I think it's been a bit of a slow year. I think, um, for hip hop, yeah, in my has. in my, I think it's been a bit of a slow it year, has. and just recently, over the last yeah. couple of weeks, yeah, I've started hearing a few things where I'm like, oh, "That's fucking brilliant," yeah. "That's fucking brilliant," mm. and "That's fucking brilliant," but yeah. I'm not sure any of them are as fucking brilliant as Sundial is fucking brilliant because <laughs> Sundial is fucking brilliant. Yeah. It's good, it's, this, isn't it? <sighs> It's a daunting kind of thing to kind of it, it, to know where to start. I mean, I mean, God, you know, the incredible kind of wordplay and on like you know political and personal concerns and you know and ha- and can her a like political kind of commitments and comments like survive the trappings of success and it's it's a real kind of complex and deep exploration that's kind of bursting with creativity i haven't heard hip-hop be this creative in a while this is you know kind of you know the way that she kind of declares herself as like you know like a socialism sister mm. uh and and again it's you know it's it's got the kind of usual kind of calling cards that, that immediately kind of prick my ears up you know like dripping in kind of jazz and 70s funk as like a backdrop mm. but you know all I need to hear is like, you know, the first couple of seconds of the afternoon song and I'm rubbing my hands going, right, I'm in. This is for me. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of less rap and more kind of spoken words. Yeah. You know, um, in, in a kind of, I guess a kind of Gil Scott Heron kind of way. Michael Franti. A little bit. It feels like a much more palatable version in some, I mean, there, there's, there were two artists that kept, kind of cropping up in my brain when I was mm. listening to this. And one was More Mother, whose mm. last few albums have been very, very dense, very, very difficult to listen to, very harsh sounding, you know, really kind of scattershot and broken and, you know, and, and the other is Little Sims, who yeah. I yeah. think uh, doesn't really do, you know, that this isn't as, you know, cinematically sweeping and swooping and as sometimes I might be introverted by Little Sims and and that you know obviously we got a you know we we got a kind of a follow up to that which um, was quite different but I still think you know there's there's a, a there's a sort of um, a boldness and a bigness to Little Sims that yeah. isn't so um, so evident on on Sundial. Yeah. But it's also not as harsh as what More Mother does. And what it is, is it's almost like a kind of bridge between those two things. Mm. And I love both of those things. So I think kind of managing to find a kind of middle ground between those two things is amazing. 
uh, but sorry, mate, go on. You, you are in the no, no, it's, it's um, I'll, you know, the rhymes hit hard, man. You know, it was um, Obama, the yeah. first black president, he's the one who bombed us. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, especially on, um, I mean, Namesake is my favorite song kind of on absolutely here absolutely love and, and yeah. how great is that fucking hook just oh comes my from nowhere god yeah it's, war machine it, gets glamorized it's so yeah yeah yep. we watched the game just to pass the time yeah. um and almost sort of sarcastically happy yep, throughout it yeah yeah i mean it's yeah, you know so good you know kind of from what i took from it is it's like a like a dark kind of dissection of like how america kind of sustains inequality and therefore like increases kind of racial division um, but I, I love the fact that you know she's also you know she's calling out like you know Kendrick, Beyonce, uh, Rihanna, but then also turns the tables on herself, kind of regarding Coachella. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, right, and, yeah. you know how that she, has, a... you know, yeah, you know, talk, talking about you know Coachella being like the whitest of all white festivals, but then she ended up turning line to fucking playing it anyway. Yeah. Um, you know. I know it's yeah that it's, is, a, it, it is it's, really it's funny she's obviously line. got she's obviously got a sense of humour because she's calling out fucking everyone with 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 bombs and you know uh, she's she got the knives out forever but she's also going oh hang on a minute I'm just yeah. like them yeah it's really great <laughs> it's I mean great. I think you know you've got like towards the I mean Billy Woods comes in on yeah. gospel I mean yeah. gospel is fucking yeah. unbelievable that is yeah. an unbelievable song surrounded by all this kind of chattering piano and it's real life gospel choir like it's yeah. fucking great and you yeah. know like you get like common coming in um on oblivion as well is, is fucking great songs like toxic which managed to sound kind of light and heavy at the same mm-hmm. time i think you've got the harshness with the lyrics um it kind of juxtaposed by some really slight music kind of dead pretty but also incredibly harsh like it's it's yeah. it's what you want isn't it and again yep. it's 31 minutes long it just yeah. slams through so much yeah. it's a bit of a shame i'm gonna say it's a bit of a shame because for me like i thought the first two as soon as you come in i was like yeah sold but it's actually i believe it was the first single balloons right so mm. uh or the first song that yeah. was released from it and there's been a bit of controversy surrounding um j electronica's verse yeah. on balloons yeah um yeah. now i have to say on first listen on second listen on, on on kind of fourth or fifth listen even it it didn't even kind of I, do you know i can't even be bothered to discuss it because i don't even feel like i know again i don't know what i'm talking about yeah. but he's you know, uh, suggesting the war in Ukraine is a hoax, right? Yeah. That's the sort of the suggestion from the line. And it took me a little while to pick, because there's so much on this record. Like you say, right? There's yeah. so much that yeah. goes on that shit can happen and you can, it, can, and it can fucking stay with you and then something else happens and makes you go, oh, wow. Yeah. And then it's gone again. And not yeah. that like, you know, you forget it. But it's so much to take in. I think like we said last week when we first listened to it, like, oh, this is great, but it's a lot to take in. I mean, it's a hell of a lot to take in. Mm-hmm. And great albums should be a lot to take yeah. in. And still, so at the moment, you know, a week, two weeks after this album came out, 
I don't even know what I'm meant to be feeling about that no, particular no. bit of the verse. I think it's a shame that it has slightly overshadowed to, to the point where you well, know, she has said that she even thought about not releasing the yeah, album at all yeah. due to that reaction to it. It's completely overshadowed it, unfortunately. But, you know, like with a lot of things like that, it will kind of die down because people will move on to the next thing to kind of get angry about and, you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't see this being like the death knell for this album because no, no, not at all. One, I fucking hope not. Anyway, because this is this is an absolute work of art. Even down to, I mean, it's a complete package from the art. The artwork is so fucking striking. Yeah, to kind of this is. I've been waiting for an album like this for a while, but you can really get your get your fingers kind of stuck into you know it rewards kind of invest investment to it you know really just listening to it and it will just continue unpacking itself um you know within my brain um god i i'm not going to stop listening to this because i feel i'm only just kind of getting started on kind of beginning to understand it mm. you know uh, yeah, it's a very very like it's kind of one of those perfect albums where on one listen alone you go oh these songs are great yeah this sounds great yeah. this that hook is great that yeah. you know rhythmic part is great that beat is great her flow sounds really cool and then the more and more you listen to it the more you're like oh shit like yeah. wow she's going to some fucking places here right <laughs> so yeah. yeah man i think this is one of the besties of the year i reckon sundial yep. by yep. no name um very good let's mm. talk about our final record that we're talking about this week uh, this came out last week as well fiddlehead death is nothing to us the third studio album from the emo stroke post hardcore supergroup the follow-up to 2021's between the richness album which i have not heard this is former members uh, or even current members of in some cases of bands such as have heart basement big contest standoff nuclear age um a lot of kind of noisy indie post rock uh, post punk um post hardcore mm. alt rock bands um i have heard the name fiddlehead a bunch of times i mean i guess you know they've been around for 10 years now mm. um i'd never actually listened to them even though i was familiar with the majority of the people who were you know or, or a few of the people that are in the band but i got given this for metal hammer and I gave it, if I don't say it to myself, a really nice review. Nice. Because I think it is an absolutely excellent example of the sort of stuff that me and you, old fuckers, old fuckers <laughs> like. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But it's interesting you say that, you know, this came out um, last week. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure it came out in 1991, mate, on Discord. You yeah, know. basically, yeah. Yeah, no, this, this is, is uh, a, a Revelation Records split yeah, with fucking... Yeah. Um, yeah, like, the, today is the day, or not today is the day, because they would be far too heavy. But, yeah, um, yeah. I know, like, Ghost of a Thousand. No, Ghost of a Thousand? Ghost why of why a thousand. can't I think of one wow. of those bands? One of those bands that I always say. Uh, I mean, Small Brown Bike. Small Brown Bike, yeah. Oh, what a band. Um, I mean, you know, massive kind of jaw box vibes to this blue tip as well if you, if you, if you uh -huh. remember blue tip, blue tip i remember blue great, tip very well great band. polymer was that the, the yeah. album that i had yeah what an album um you know a bit of texas is a reason mm -hmm. there's all, all the 90s stuff that makes 
makes you know makes for a happy Gaz and a happy Steve. You know, there's a bit of quicksand on there. There's a lot of Bob yeah. Mould on there. Sensefield. Yes. Oh, Sensefield, man. Of course. Yeah. Music. So much hot. Yeah. Water. I mean, you know, it's, it's, like it's the dual, the dual vocal kind of gruff man. Yeah. 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 You okay. know, like melodic man. Yeah. Can I shock you? This is well nineties. <laughs> but but as a caveat to that, kids, right before you fucking turn off or go, oh, here we go again, right? This their sound is from out of nowhere. That. This, this sound of this band is so fucking 2023 with bands like High Viz and Military Gun. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? This is like, this count, this sound over the past couple of years has gone from being a relic of, you know, people who, you know, collect everything that's associated with the name Ian Mackay to being, you know, include Turnstile in this as well, to kind of making some of the most exciting, visceral fucking punk music that's that's around at the minute um yes it's accessible yes the elite will probably fucking hate it but i don't give a fuck this is visceral amazing I... kind of emo punk rock with with crunch heft i mean i mean i'm, 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 I'm i mean i mean the elite as in like the people that fucking got pissed off with turnstile you know I don't think they would, you know, because no. I mean, like, turn, Turnstile bring j- fucking pop, don't they? They yeah. bring Duran Duran and fucking, you know, like, actual fucking actual pop to the table. <laughs> How you know, dare they? They bring hip, hip hop and all that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> Whereas this is bringing hot water music and Texas, and it's bringing stuff that like, none of this stuff ever got big. No, none of this stuff ever. Like you know, when you Thanks hear that bass, when you hear that bass line on Fiddleheads, you go, "Oh, it's Fugazi." I don't <laughs> think anyone's going to be going, "Oh, they fucking sellouts are bringing Fugazi to." Oh well, oh shit. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, no, I fair, just, I just, fair. I just don't see it. So I don't. Th- I think the people who, uh, they're long since dead. <laughs> I think yeah. the people, anyone that used to get pissy about this shit, they were, they were, they were twenty five, twenty six when. Like, you know, when fucking um, uh, Sunny Day Real Estate signed to a major and they got, <laughs> yeah. and I think they, they got pissed off then. So I can't really think, you know, I don't, I don't believe anyone would get kind of shirty about the, the idea or, you know, kind of like bent out of shape regarding this. You know, I, I, I just don't, I just don't, man. I just, I just think it's. I just think this style now, and, and you know, it's, I think bands like Military Gun and Turnstile are good shouts because their peers are theirs and yeah. whatnot. But I think this actually, those bands do feel kind of current, whereas yeah. this feels class. This feels classic to me. This does feel like a kind of cl- like if you listen to the Understand record that came out a few months ago, which obviously yeah. was recorded back in 1999, mm. and this, that was the first time you'd heard them, and you were like, "Oh shit, I wonder like where this music came from." Hmm. Uh, South End, mate. <laughs> yeah, South End, and you know that's 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 what this is. I don't think anyone yeah. who listens to like uh, you know Military Gun would would necessarily as easily be able to join the dots between those two things. Whereas this, well, look, this isn't you know that's six degrees of separation. This is one degree of separation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like uh, I, I think this, I think this stuff maybe had its time where people were like, eh about it but i think that time is um i think that time is gone 
to be honest. I, I, I just think anyone who listens to this is either going to go, this band sounds like they're from the 90s, or, uh, or ergo, eh, or they're going to go, this band sounds like they're from the 90s. Yeah! Which is, what, which is what I did. Yeah, same. Do you want to know who I, who I put? I've got my metal hammer here. Do you want to know who I put? The, oh, what, um, for, what, for fans for fa- of? For fans of. Hold on, let me get yeah, to the go thing. Because there's what, really... What mark did you give it? I gave an eight. I was going to guess eight. Nice. Yeah, oh, okay. this is a strong eight. Yeah, I think this is an eight. I think it's quite odd to get it in here at all, to be honest, but I was quite glad that it did. Yeah, um, yeah I gave it an eight. For fans of Small Brown Bike, Touche More and Hot Water Music. So nobody yep. who reads nobody who reads Metal Hammer then. No, fair. <laughs> well, I'm assuming like the Touche and More kind of you know com- comparison is because the album is about grief and mortality and the knowledge mm-hmm. that eventually everything we love dies yeah and i just think you know i didn't want to put two relatively obscure bands from that period i wanted to pick one of the big ones from the last decade i love the fact that that's probably the first and only time small brand bike are going to have their name mentioned in metal hammer that's amazing don't worry mate i i have i have i have put small brown bike in as for fans of every time i get given one of these i go brilliant Dead Reckoning by Small Brown Bike. Um, <laughs> should have put like J Church next time or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, this is really good. If you're into yeah. all that stuff, yeah. Any, I'm not even going to bother fucking describing it now. I'm just going to say, you know all that stuff. Yeah, it's 27 minutes long. It's it's guys in their 40s playing classic fucking post-hardcore. I reckon they're probably in their early 30s because Basement can't have been uh, basement i thought basement was like late Have 90s wasn't it no 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 no, wasn't no, it? no i'm pretty sure basement were a much Fuck newer band. Oh, basement love formed basement. in love basement. 2009 fuck formed. off really yep they formed in 2009 and their first album so i wish it came out in 2011 yeah because fucking hell me um Economy and Kindness came out in 2012 and then I remember people were like "Ah!" so it's been a good I love that I could have sworn that album came out in like around the time of like something to write home about (laughs) 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 no it just sounds like it yeah Uh, yeah it still sounds like a fucking 90s album so I'm having that yeah still counts still counts (laughs) yeah still counts Um, anyway it's good it's good this it is good Uh, Fiddlehead Death is nothing to us go and have a little listen to that and we'll see you next week I'll be giving you the lowdown on the Reading Festival live Healy Watch. Can't check wait. the old Metal Hammer TikTok. Not Metal Hammer. Check the louder TikTok if you want to see what I've been up to. I'll be putting some stuff up on there. So that should be a laugh. If you're there, come and say hello. I am flying solo, in the words of Jason Derulo, uh, <laughs> this weekend. Um, and uh, yeah, it be a laugh. It should be a laugh. We'll, I'll be there and I'll give you all of the lowdown on what happened next week which will be good as well and next week we are i don't even know what we're doing doesn't matter does it something else uh patreon.com forward slash two cop pop you've got a podcast on the ocean coming next week and then we will reveal the next four uh your cop pops that we're doing after that that'd be a laugh would it imagine that what a laugh to go and sign up cheers thanks very much everyone see you next week see you next week guys take care dude love you bye love you too bye